I'm Frances Rollin and I'm here with Rebecca Berry, a senior associate in our employment team. Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks, Frances. Nice to be here. We're going to talk today about neurodiversity in the workplace. This is a huge topic which we could talk about for hours, but we're going to try and keep this short. As I'm sure you all know, neurodiversity refers to the different ways the brain can work within the human population, recognising that every human has a unique nervous system with a unique combination of abilities and needs. Most people are neurotypical, so their brains function in a way that society considers to be standard. However, it's estimated that between 15 and 20% of people have some form of neurodivergence, which means their brains function, learn and process information in a different way. It's safe to say that this percentage is probably much higher in certain professions. Neurodivergent conditions include attention deficit disorder, autism, dyslexia and dyspraxia. All employers are bound to have neurodivergent employees on their workforce and should expect neurodivergent job applicants. We all know about the benefits of a diverse workforce in terms of employee retention, increased productivity and enhanced business reputation. But are there any specific benefits of neurodiversity at work? Absolutely. I think it's fair to say that neurodivergent employees bring with them new perspectives and ideas to a business because they often think very differently from neurotypical employees. They approach things in a novel, different way. Neurodivergent employees can bring valuable skills to the workplace, such as the ability to process information effectively, think outside the box, work productively and focus on attention to detail. I'm sure that's right. I've got a friend with autism who describes his autism as having a superpower. Absolutely. Um, so many employers are already actively taking steps to assist neurodivergent applicants and employees as part of diversity and inclusion. However, employment law comes into play in this context as well, doesn't it? Yes, that's right. Neurodivergence isn't itself a protected characteristic under the Equality Act, but some neurodiverse conditions do qualify as a disability if they consist of a mental or physical impairment, <clears throat> which has a substantial and long-term adverse effect on the employee's ability to carry out normal day-to-day -day activities. There aren't any hard or fast rules about which conditions will qualify. It depends on the gravity of the adverse effect. So someone with mild dyslexia might not expect experience a substantial adverse effect and may not have a protected characteristic for the purposes of the Equality Act. However, someone with more severe dyslexia could well be protected. If someone is disabled, they're protected under the Equality Act from direct and indirect discrimination, discrimination arising from a disability and from a failure to make reasonable adjustments. They're also protected from harassment and victimisation. So with this in mind, employers would be wise to consider how they can proactively support and nurture the neurodiversity in their entire workforce, even before learning that employees have a medical neurodivergent diagnosis. This is because due to the length of NHS waiting lists, often obtaining a formal diagnosis is difficult and adults are increasingly being encouraged to self-diagnose and employees self-diagnosed conditions are actually being accepted by tribunals. In addition, 
everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses and there'll likely be a number of employees in every workforce who don't meet the statutory definition of disabled but who will struggle with certain aspects of the working environment and it might mean that making adjustments to working practices even if the employer doesn't have the legal obligation to do so helps facilitate an employee to achieve their full potential and in turn to be more productive in their output so a win-win for everybody. As well as discrimination law, there's the more general duty on employers to ensure, so far as is reasonably practicable, the health, safety and welfare at work of their employees. That duty could come into play with neurodivergent employees where they have particular needs, for example, an inability to deal with excessive noise or light. Thanks, Rebecca. That's it is a really interesting area. One of the most common claims that we see in the tribunal brought by neurodivergent employees is a failure to make reasonable adjustments. We might see these issues arise during the recruitment process or the working environment. The duty to make reasonable adjustments may mean, for example, altering the recruitment processes um, and making changes to the work environment if they have an adverse impact on those who are neurodivergent as compared with those who are not. Yes, that's right. We've had a very recent case actually on this point, which was the ACOM against Mallon case, where the Employment Appeal Tribunal considered the duty to make reasonable adjustments during a recruitment process. The applicant suffered from dyspraxia and claimed that the employer's requirement for job applicants to create an online profile before completing an online application form put him at a substantial disadvantage. An employer is not obliged to make reasonable adjustments unless it knows or ought reasonably to know that the individual in question is disabled and is likely to be placed at a substantial disadvantage because of their disability. Employers are required to make reasonable inquiries as to the extent of the difficulties that a disabled person may face. And this case focused on that. So the tribunal found that the employer should have telephoned the disabled job applicant to understand his difficulties with the online application process. Instead, they relied on email correspondence and when he didn't reply, they left it at that. If they'd phoned him and followed up, they would have had the requisite knowledge of his particular difficulties to place them under a duty to make reasonable adjustments. And as a result, the tribunal criticised them for that and said that they had constructive knowledge because they ought reasonably to have known about the difficulties that he faced because had they phoned him, they would have found out. In another case, the Northern Ireland Court of Appeal held that in applying a scenario-based assessment where an applicant is, pre is presented with a situation and asked how to, in how to indicate how they would behave or respond in that situation, where that was a, a applicant who had a form of autism, the employer failed to make reasonable adjustments and that they should have simply offered him an interview as he'd already passed the minimum criteria for the job. Sometimes requests for adjustments can go too far and employers are only obliged to make adjustments that are reasonable in the circumstances to avoid the disadvantage. In another case, the claimant who had autism was unsuccessful in his claim for reasonable adjustments as some of the adjustments he sought undermined the necessary assessment of the requirements for the role in question. Could you give us a few practical tips now, Rebecca, about um, steps that employers could take? Should we start, for example, with uh, the recruitment process? Yes, of course. 
Recruitment schemes which actively target certain types of neurodivergent individuals, for example, those promoting appointment of those with a dyslexia diagnosis, will increase the number of neurodivergent individuals in employment and so therefore may be seen as positive. However, recent studies have shown that this kind of recruitment process can be unhelpful. For example, the individual may forever be labelled as the neurodivergent employee, the employee that came in under the autism umbrella, and assumptions might be drawn about their skill set and their ability to progress with the organisation, and in the long run, it could be a barrier to progression. Instead, some employers are looking to adapt normal recruitment processes and roles to be more inclusive to the needs of neurodivergent individuals. Most people find the recruitment process stressful and neurodivergent individuals can find it particularly difficult given the importance placed on social interaction and timely responsiveness to verbal questions under pressure. Employers may consider making small adjustments from the beginning of the process to make it more inclusive for neurodivergent employees, particularly, for example, for roles that don't themselves require so much social interaction to have a verbal interview may not be a constructive application process. It also might include very easy wins like presenting materials in a format that's easy to read and digest, informing applicants in advance if they will be required to complete any tests, allowing breaks during an interview and encouraging the early disclosure of neurodivergence so that appropriate adjustments can be made to the process. That's really helpful. What about the working environment in general? Can you give us some examples of steps that employers could take to make a work environment generally more neurodivergent friendly? Every workplace is different and so therefore what was appropriate will be different, but some possible steps may be having dedicated quiet areas for those that can't function that well with background noise, putting up dividers to block and reduce noise, allowing employees when appropriate to use noise cancelling headphones and allowing more time to complete certain tasks. On a more macro level, employers could consider having internal employee-led groups as a safe space for neurodiversity issues to be discussed and having senior leaders to act as champions and allies of neurodiversity awareness. When there's a live issue and it's not obvious what steps the employer should take, it's invaluable to get input from an occupational health advisor who might be able to identify appropriate adjustments or something different that you may not have considered previously. There's also CIPD guidance on neurodiversity at work, which describes workplace adjustments that may be considered for people with particular conditions. And so that might be look worth looking into if you are looking at what you might be able to do. Brilliant. So um, just as a, a final point, do you advise employers to have a specific neurodiversity policy in place? It's certainly something that you might want to consider um, and it could be one way of demonstrating that an organisation's thought of the differing needs of its employees and adapted its processes or at least willing to adapt them to cater to different people's requirements. Ideally, managers and those in HR should be given training on any policy so it can be effectively implemented. And that could include educating managers about the common challenges shared by neurodivergent employees. Having said that, 
Neurodiversity is so broad, it might be difficult to draft a sufficiently precise policy that is a one size fits all for an entire workforce. And there's also a danger that generalizations, assumptions and stereotypes about neurodivergent employees are made in the policy. And so the effects can vary from person to person and might also vary over time. So rather than having an, a formal policy, it might be that the emphasis is more on how your managers and the general workforce can support a neurodivergent colleague. Super. Thanks, Rebecca. Embracing neurodiversity is an aspect of the employment relationship where employers might want to consider going further than the law requires. The legal protections in place for disabled employees have not yet caught up with the positive concept of neurodivergence, but the benefits of taking a more imaginative, proactive approach to embracing and nurturing neurodiversity in the workplace are not to be underestimated. I'm sure you'd agree, Rebecca. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. That's all for this week. Do listen again where in a couple of weeks we're going to be talking about the menopause in the workplace.